ain't had much to say. But man, I still think that's a great We're back at it again here in the Second Line Studio. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Benjamin Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr. Gentlemen, welcome in. But please be respectful. It is Alabama week. Absolutely. Uh, Tip of the cap to him. Can't wait to see him. Can't wait to uh, enjoy watching the Tide play this weekend. Are we going to play this weekend, though? Are we? Don't. Um, Don't. Yes. I'm I'm afraid it it must be said. Nick, what's the odds we're going to play this weekend? Here we go. Oh, I think think they're 80-plus percent. I I don't – I would be very surprised if we played at 5 p.m. Saturday. I would – 10%. I, I think it's stupid. Tomorrow is the tipping point, right? Yeah. Wednesday yeah, of a game week, like you got to make – now I'm saying tipping point is to cancel or, or no cancel. Right. Okay. I mean, I, but I don't think I – don't, I think cancel is just – this is dumb. I mean, it's already – you're already looking at, at 16,000 plans, you know, tickets instead of 64,000. Just move the game – I would I would move it up a full twenty you know twenty four hours, play it at five or six o'clock on a Friday. People that can make it are still going to make it. I don't think that's really going to materially affect things. It's not like you were tailgating anyways, and just get this game over with. I know we have a mutual uh, buy with them later in the year, but we don't. Nobody wants that. Just get the well, game over with and move on. Nick, the important question: If you're going to move the game to Friday, well, who's prep play? <laughs> who's prep guy prep on Friday? To- Prep moved to Thursday just for this. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> since I, since I brought it up, let's look and see who Pratt plays. Most of the high schools have moved to Thursday because they thought, and I said this to y'all earlier, they thought the storm was going to be here Friday. Wait, they did it's actually move it like Saturday. Yeah, no, pretty much every, every high school in the state moved to Thursday this week. So it says on Max Preps they're playing Washington, who is 0-5. I'm sure it'll be a good game. Washington is in Greenville, I believe. Yep. Let's see. It is, in fact, in Greenville, the Generals. The Washington Generals. Well, you know if they're playing Prep, it's going to be a good game because Prep's going to bring it. Hey, Prep put it on Jay last week. Let's see who Jay's playing. Lance Pogue is the coach at Jay. You got to say it like that means Jay. I did not know that. That's that's wild. I did not know Jay is going going way off the reservation this week, and they're playing East Rankin Academy. Didn't even know that was a school. East Rankin. Does anybody know the mascot at East Rankin? Patriots. Oh, just goddamn Patriot boy. <laughs> they are they are one in six. Um, I feel like there are so many tiny little private schools like that, not just in Mississippi, all named, just, just everywhere that I have no idea about. They're all nicknamed Patriots. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's probably very true. Um, but at any rate. Uh, I think they'll play this weekend. Keith Carter seemed pretty adamant about it on Twitter today. Now, I know it's only Tuesday. Um, yeah, I mean, move it up a day. I'm cool with that because I don't think moving it up earlier on Saturday is going to make a difference. It's going to rain Saturday, whether they play at 5 or play at noon. Um, either way, uh, we're going to talk about the game. 
regardless of when it happens. Uh, real quick, hilarious stat here. Uh, Ole Miss is actually averaging more total yards per game than Alabama. Um, Alabama, no slouch. 479 yards a game. Pretty good, right? Ole Miss, 536 yards per game. Now, having got to the punchline yet, the funny funny part here, guess how many yards Ole Miss has given up a game? Is it more than how many we've scored? Yeah. Oh, it Almost is. 110 a game. It is 600.5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Okay. So you know, th- this explains why. You go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's been a while since we've been Team Chaos, and I just I welcome it back with open arms. Well, Ole Miss gives up 300 rushing and 300 passing yards a game. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. 298.5 through the air, 302 on the ground, baby. No I mean, discrimination. Talk, no talk discrimination. Balance. <laughs> exactly. DJ Durkin's got it going. Find the weakness on the defense. You can. <laughs> Look, I mean, explains. If, if we go ahead. If you had to choose, though, wouldn't you rather have a great off? You know, if you can only have one be good, wouldn't you yes. have rather yes. have just from a spectator perspective? Or, or, yeah, I'd rather win 50, 52 to 51 than. Nine to six, absolutely. Like I saw those Boston College teams uh, under under the last coach, whose name's totally escapes me. Um, and they were trash, and those games were extremely boring, horrible, unfun to watch. So, yeah, if I, I'd rather be yeah chaos. At least you know the games will take up half the Saturday. And I I was looking at at Bill C stats here, and I just kept thinking, there's no way our defense is this bad. Like we're we're like last in one, two, three of seven categories, and I just thought I I didn't realize it was that bad until you said that we we have given up we give up what on average six hundred and one yards a game. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just I, the defense is really good. The success rate is like sixth in the in the country, and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty good. And I did not realize we are literally last. Teams are successful in fifty nine percent of their plays. I mean, it's just like one it's thing after another. Successful, they early in games, especially like that Kentucky game. They didn't just have success; they were getting first downs every carry. Oh, to to add on to that, the explosive play rate were also last in that. So, yeah, yes, I mean to to back up your point, nineteen percent of all plays are explosive. Team chaos, absolutely. What, yeah. what for the listeners and for me? What constitutes an explosive play? Uh, it's literally defined as a twelve-yard rush or a sixteen-yard pass. So on one fifth of every place, so essentially every first down series, right? Every series, yeah. almost. They have a, not only a first down play, but an explosive play. They could get a first down in one play. Okay, yeah. but uh, to, I hear what you're saying, but again, which one would you choose? And I know which side oh. I know which side we're all on, but here's here's the here's the comparison. Do you want a Lane Kiffin team chaos or do you want like 
Kirk Ferentz, like Phil Parker defense chaos, where it's like, man, you are shutting people down, but you are scoring like 19 points a game. If that. I'm not in way, shape, or form disappointed in anything about this season, nothing, nothing has surprised me in a bad way. If anything, I'm pleasantly surprised with the offense. I did not think, and I, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I was excited about Lane Kiffin because Lane Kiffin can recruit. I mean, he's a proven recruiter, a proven top recruiter in the country. I was not, even though I thought that he was pretty good as a as an offensive mind, I was still not quite on on board like everybody else. I mean, I, I, frankly. Um, that said, I mean, he's really surprised. I think I don't know that anybody could be upset with the offense. I mean, if you are, I don't know what you're expecting. John Rice only to run it right and left every play. <laughs> I mean, when you have 600 yards of offense a game, you've got the, a guy playing quarterback better than anybody in the country, three really good running backs, two exceptionally good running backs, one – the one of the, the probably the best slot receiver in the country, a great tight, probably top five tight end in the country. You know, there's a lot going on there, and that's all with an offensive line that's frankly underperforming. Right. I mean, if we want to say one negative about the offense, it's the offensive line. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's that's also crazy is arguably one of the more talented players in the entire country, Jerry Neely, has kind of been an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, that was, that, that was going to be my compl- you know quote. It, "Quote unquote," complain with the offense will be like the the lack of Jerry Neely through two weeks. Yeah, he's, now he's, now he um, now he has twenty six carries for one hundred twenty three yards and two touchdowns. Like I think they're picking their spots with him because now we also need to remember he's not built like say Najee Harris, who Ole Miss will try to tackle this weekend and will fail at. You know, Jerry is not very big, so I think they're trying to limit the beating that he takes and we we've also seen like snoop connor's getting the bulk of the inside runs for the most part so i don't hate the way they're using jerrion it's just been kenny yaboa elijah moore jonathan mingo Dontario drummond like those other guys have gotten bigger plays and they've exploited more matchups i think that's probably we don't agree there um, we also have to remember that this is a a free year Mm -hmm. so at you know, as a coach, I don't know that any coach is going to get fired for his team's performance in the COVID year. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe a couple could, but um, well, must I, to me, I think you try and get as guys as many looks as possible while also keeping them healthy and also giving them fresh. And that's exactly what they're doing with Ely. I mean, Ely's had plenty of touches for two games. If you, I bet if you went back to last year, he's got just as many, if not more, touches through this first two games as he did last year. I'd say I'm with Nick in the sense of I think he needs to be more involved in the passing game. I would like to see some more screens, swing passes, just getting him the ball in space. Um, I agree there. That's kind of that'd be my only gripe. Everything else about the offense has been fucking fantastic. It's hard. It's really hard to gripe when they're playing as well as they are. Yeah, Um, it's it's as if Lane Kiffin takes what the defense gives him, not the concept, but you know, complex thinking. Um, so, I, well, real, real quick, Zach, I was going to ask. I looked at the PFF grades, uh, the, you know, were, were posted the other day. Oh, shield and, your eyes. Oh, yeah, especially if you're an offensive line or an offensive line coach. Ooh. I mean, it, it's rough. 
but my I'm, my question is, I don't see anyone else's PFF grades. I mean, maybe they're out there. I just haven't looked at them. So our, I think three of the the bottom three guys were linemen, and then there were two maybe wide receivers, and then the next two linemen. So that is to say, the offensive line was five of the bottom seven. Is that normal? Do, do offensive well, linemen normally is grade out worse than you know running backs and stuff? I would say this, and that, and feel free to disagree. I think it's encouraging as mediocre to bad as the offensive line has been. Ben Brown had his worst, probably easily his worst game of his career and was just abysmal against Kentucky. And he's probably your best offensive lineman overall. So I think you should take some solace and like, yeah, that was pathetic and really bad, but he's not going to have a game that bad. I think Kentucky, Mark Stoops and them did a nice job of mixing pressures up front, especially right up in the A-gaps, and were really confusing the guards. And we talked about this, I believe, the other day where Ben Brown was bad. He got whipped a lot. That I, dude, I, I forgot to look up his name. Did you ever look up his name, Nick, the nose guard for Kentucky? Uh Ben might have. I don't, I don't the, know the guy. Is the dude was though. a the dude was a fucking sedan out there. He was it, it, m- it, massive. Um, I think a lot of it is the inexperience of the guards. Um, Reese McIntyre, Jeremy James, because a lot of O line play. We've had some O linemen on here. Ben Still would back us up, and Conyers and um, Duke and, and Junin. They all talked about you know it's obviously it's all a unit. They all pass off and help each other out and I think it's just a little bit mix of inexperience and Kentucky had just a really good plan but I wanted to get this in before I forget Nick the five factors our our buddy Will Gates threw this up on Twitter over the weekend so efficiency the the success rate was 52 for Ole Miss big plays they had five big plays their average starting field position was 30.9 finishing drives so points per per scoring opportunity 3.5 and zero turnovers that's the biggest thing the the they're almost is winning the turnover battle the one pick against florida was a fluke but other than that almost is taking care of the football and i think that that's the biggest they've stayed on schedule for the most part i think they've only had a couple three and outs on the season but that's been my biggest takeaway with matt corral and his management of the offense is they've stayed on schedule and he hasn't tried to force anything really he's not made a mistake yet no, really hasn't. I mean, na- name one. You can't really name a mistake. And I and I'll say this: he's taken his shots at very opportune times. He, I would say, as bad as the defense was on a couple of the pass interference calls, the throw made it to where the def- the defender had to def- had to interfere. The one in overtime, the one mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter uh, on Mingo over the middle. I mean, he put the ball where it was either going to be caught by his guy or they were just going to have to interfere because the DB wasn't going to make a play. And I think that he's he's been very calculated with when he takes shots. So, how how is how how is the offense going to be this weekend? I mean, obviously we're going to be playing from behind a lot, but we've done that so thus far this season. I mean, we've played from behind. They haven't wavered. We've played from yeah from from two scores behind in both games. So I'm curious to see. I mean, you know, uh, two I guess it was two years ago they came into Oxford and you know we ran the opening or we scored on the first play of the game basically, and I thought we were going to score a lot that day, and we did nothing at all. Uh, I mean. Is the offense going to just run into a bus all this weekend? Or are we going to be able to score points on Alabama? I think Kevin, I think we're going to score. Go oh, ahead, right. Zach. I'm going to go first. Yeah, sorry. I was I was going to say, I don't think they're going to have an issue scoring. I, I think 
I think Alabama is going to win the West again. Got a good shot to win the SEC. They're going to be in the college football playoff. But this, I don't, and Nick, you've probably looked at the stats. I've just got your basic team stats pulled up here. I haven't looked at SP yet, but I don't think Alabama is a typical from top to bottom too deep. I don't think they're as deep and as as top-notch talented as they normally are. Um, Plus, I just think Kiffin and Lebby are just going to have a a nice game plan. They're going to have a nice script the first couple drives that they're going to stick to. And I and, and you know Kiffin's going to have something in his back pocket that he's going to pull out that's going to drive Saban nuts. But um, I mean, just a quick a quick guess at how this game goes. I'm thinking something like a like a 45, 46, 26 game. I mean, I don't know. I, I, the number I'm looking at right now is 23, and I'm pulling it up on Action Network right now to see what they have. ESPN has it at 23. Um, if I pull uh, up college football, I think I'll be surprised if we hold them less than fifty. And that's fine if, if Ole Miss can get their points. I don't have an issue with that. Like it, it's a free shot. Let's just get that out of the way. This this week is a free shot. It's you're not expected to win. There's not a lot of pressure. I think the team is just going to go out there, have fun, play loose. And just kind of play their game, which is score a lot of points offensively, go for the big play, drive the ball downfield with with the passing game, mix in some runs, keep Alabama on their toes. I mean, I'm I don't see any any reason why Ole Miss can't score four times, five times. I I just and let me ask y'all this, and then I'll let y'all kind of take it and run with it do you think that this is a game where Saban's going to try to bury Kiffin because I don't I was going to let Nick Nick's got to be on mute he's on mute look man no. I've been talking for a long time <laughs> I don't think that he's going to to bury Kiffin if only because of who Alabama has the next week. I, yeah, exactly. At, at some point, I, I think our defense could struggle enough against Alabama that they could score really without trying to score. I know that sounds really terrible, but, I mean, that <laughs> truly, like, I think that that's a, a, a very real possibility. That said, like, I don't think Saban is going to intentionally run it up against Kiffin. I, I don't know that there's any – Animosity between those two guys at all. Well, also, I, I really gotta stay healthy. And and plus, plus, I mean, Kiffin is a big, big reason that Alabama left their former, you know, style of offense for this wide open, you know, yeah. score 50, 60 points a game. And and because Kiffin's a big reason on that. Saban probably owes some gratitude towards him. You know, I mean, Frank. I don't know how he could. I mean, if anything, Kiffin's to blame why Alabama's this huge juggernaut now. Yeah. And it's not just that Alabama hosts Georgia next week. And I get it. You know, you guys may not, may not, you know, your mileage may vary on what you think of this team. But according to Bill C, it's the, the next closest game on the schedule. The following week is at Tennessee. And so – I don't think, you know, it's twofold. I don't think you want to get anyone hurt by, by running up the score, you know, in the early in the fourth quarter. But also I don't think you want 
I don't think you want to show anything that you don't have to. I mean, how mm-hmm. good is Mac Jones? I don't know. I, and if they're playing, I mean, I watched Georgia first week against Arkansas look pretty bad for you know three full quarters, and I watched them last week, and the defense is, is really good. So, I, I mean, I think you know they they may want to disguise just how good or or they're in you know the the lack of good. I mean, you know whether or not Mac Jones can make the type of throws that he needs to make to beat a team like Georgia. I don't know that they want to be able, they want to come out and show that against Ole Miss and show too much. I would keep it. I mean, if I'm Nick Saban, I'd keep it very vanilla. I, you know, I wouldn't let them show any deficiencies that Jones has or, or that your defense might have versus Georgia. But also, you don't want to beat Ole Miss by 60 going into the to the Alabama to the Georgia game. Excuse me, and let your players, you know, start eating that rat poison. So you, you may want to keep it close. You may want to win this game. You know, forty-one twenty-eight. So you can go into your players that you know in the locker room and say, "Well, we guys giving up you know four scores, and we we got to put on put more points on the board, things like that." All right. When we come back on the other side after we hear from our sponsors, we'll talk a little bit more Alabama, Ole Miss, get our thoughts on what we expect, and and we'll dive a little bit deep into a little bit deeper, I should say, into this quarterback matchup because it's not even sneaky good. I mean, it's it's like jumping in the room flicking the lights on and off a hundred times and screaming at the top of your lungs like it's it's not sneaking up on you at all mac jones and mac corral are both very very good and should be a lot of fun so real quick word from the sponsors and then we'll be back with more alabama old miss preview It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments part of the Kelly English restaurant group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe an anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something the place is amazing. 
That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, Inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Preview episode. All right, gentlemen, so I teased it right before the break. Just want to throw some numbers out at you. So through two weeks, um, the highest-graded quarterback under pressure is one Matt Corral. Uh, His QB grade is 90.3. That's a solid 3.1 points ahead of one Trevor Lawrence. Um, Now, Mac Jones is is no slouch uh, if we're looking at – Another number here as I scroll, PFF College. Um, oh, highest-graded Power 5 wide receiver groups. Alabama is number one at 86.8. Ole Miss is number three at 74.1. Highest yards per attempt this season, Mac Jones 13.4, Matt Corral 11.9. So pretty good quarterback duel that we've got on Saturday. I think uh, I think Alabama's going to play it pretty close to the vest like uh y'all were saying before we hit the break they're not going to give away too much they're going to be pretty vanilla they're just going to kind of stick to what they do best i think we're going to see a lot of Najee harris because ole miss cannot stop the run but on the flip side i think ole miss is just going to let it all hang out and they're going to let matt corral spin it on saturday Sorry, the mute bug strikes again. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, and I wanted to say earlier that Mac Jones is not very good. I, we haven't seen it from him yet in terms of he hasn't had to play 
a big-time opponent with a big-time defense is not going to play one this weekend, obviously. But, I mean, Alabama, you know, they, they lose, you know, a wide receiver or two, and then they bring in a couple more. I mean, John Meachie, John Meachie, have you ever, guys ever heard of this guy? I mean, he's got seven receptions for 223 so far this season and a couple touchdowns. Never heard of him before mm-hmm. last week. Uh, Miller, Forstall, the tight end. I mean, it's just finding him three three <laughs> receptions, 60 yards on the season. He'll be, but, he'll I mean, be, he'll be on Lane Kiffin's staff in a couple years. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, it's just it's just guy after guy after guy that I've never really heard of and comes in, they throw a slant, they're gone. And I'm afraid we're going to see a lot of that on Saturday. I mean, Waddle we know is good. Michi is, you know, a, a new guy that's going to cause a ton of problems. And, and Devontae Smith, I do think that this Saturday is going to be maybe the best set of wide receivers that, that is going to have, you know, take place in the SEC this year between Waddle and Smith and, and, and Moore. And honestly, if you want to go ahead and, and throw Mingo in there, I mean, there's not a better-looking wide receiver probably in the country, you know, and he's starting to kind of show it. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I'm, it's It's been that way for about the past five or six years now, all the way back to, you know, 13, 14, 15. The receiver matchup in this game is crazy. You know, you – at one in one year in 2014, Laquan against uh, Amari Cooper, and mm-hmm. and then in 2015, you know, old Miss receivers in my opinion were even better. You had, you know Laquan and Quincy and and those guys, and then Alabama starts getting in uh, Waddle and and uh, um, uh, those guys, and it's 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 funny Jerry because Judy, Henry Ruggs. Yeah, and- I mean, and it's a different style they've got. Right, Alabama's guys. Are a little smaller, faster, and Ole Miss's receivers are typically other, other than Elijah Moore are monsters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, it's just an exciting game for me. I, uh, I, I really, I always look forward to the Alabama game because it's always felt like a free shot. Um, you know, no matter, I think Ole Miss could win five national championships in a row, and Alabama would still kind of feel like the evil empire. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And my question for you guys is, you say it's sort of a free shot. What constitutes, you know, in your mind, a win this weekend? Not not like oh, we played okay. Are we talking moral victories here? No, but what constitutes a moral, yeah, definitive victory? Like, you know, obviously if we lose to them by three points, you'd be extremely excited about the future of the, of the team. But, you know, where's that line? I mean, I don't think it's just if we cover. Uh, though I do expect, I mean, if well, we don't cover this weekend, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily going to be upset if we lose by 26 when I mean, we lost by 60 the last two years. Well, I think the important thing, first and foremost, is stay healthy. And have fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing is to keep everybody healthy. I think a cover is absolutely a win because just the talent discrepancy, um, especially defensively. I mean, Alabama's going to trot out an entire defense of four and five stars, and they're going to kind of, you know, they're just going to pick their score. I mean, Mac Jones is playing about as good as anybody is right now outside of Mac Corral. I mean, that's that's just a fact. I just reeled off the numbers for you. Um, they're both playing better than Trevor Lawrence. Um, now, Justin Fields hasn't played a game yet. We know, he, we know how good he is, but um, we can't really – anything about Justin Fields because he hasn't played but um so I think you know that's a, a testament 
to how good they've played right there, Nick, is we went over 20 minutes in the show without mentioning Devontae Smith's name because we were talking about the quarterback matchup. Um, I think it's stay healthy, cover, and by cover, it's not, you know, yeah, it's a moral victory, but covering shows that the offense still played at a high level. And, and, I, and I think covering in the sense of Matt Corral stays within himself. He doesn't try to do too much. He doesn't throw some stupid interceptions. Um, he takes care of the football. I think that, like I said, uh, like a like a forty eight twenty eight or like a you know fifty two thirty one loss is is something. Now that's similar to how they lost last year, but that game last year was a totally different type of game. I'm talking about where Ole Miss scored a couple garbage touchdowns and made it look a little better. They were in it briefly, but they were never really in it. I think the coaching and the game plan that Kiffin and Levy are going to have offensively is, is going to yeah, – I'm actually really interested to see what they do. Is it going to be kind of let it all hang out and play with your hair on fire, or is it going to be a little more conscientious of, of the clock and keeping Alabama's offense off the field? Are they going to try to extend drives, or are they going to go in hyperspeed like they did against Kentucky on that first drive and just play like it's just any other game? So a victory for me is yeah. – staying healthy and, and covering with a reasonable offensive showing and not just some garbage 14 points at the end. Yeah. I, you know, to me, I, I think that they're going to, I don't think that Ole Miss is going to kill the clock here. I, I think that they're going to try and do, you know, stick within themselves and, and stick to the game plan because, and, uh, you know, going forward in the season, because really, you know, in year one, obviously you're trying to win every game, but you're trying to also make your team, you know, yes, yeah, stay healthy, but you're trying to get your team better to improve week week over week because, you know, in, in a year and two years or in three years, you know, you want this program to be at a different place. I, I think that, yes, you could – Ole Miss could get the ball and run the play clock all the way down to one second you know, three straight plays or six straight plays or seven or 10 or whatever and shorten this game, just take the air completely out of the ball and play um, a military, you know, academy football. But I I don't think that they're going to do that. Lane Kiffin doesn't strike me as a guy that will do that. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we come out Saturday and John Rice Plumley is our quarterback the entire game. I, I just, I don't see that. Um, if anything... I think that I would expect Ole Miss to be even more aggressive. I do. I want to. I want to challenge the defense. I mean, I think that. I think that covering obviously is a good thing. I think we need to score at a minimum twenty-four points. I mean, like covering, you know, because they beat us twenty-three to nothing would be very bad. That would be, you know, a, a bad look for the offense. But I, I, I kind of want to challenge the defense to see them somehow keep Alabama to less than 45. I mean, I mean, that may sound crazy, but at the same time may sound sort of pathetic. But, I mean, they scored 38 points at Missouri and 52 points against Texas A&M. And, and part of the reason is because they needed the points last week against Texas A&M. It was, a, it was a tie ball game there in the middle of the second quarter, so they, they kind of had to get going. But, I, I mean, to me, a win for the defense would be building on that second half last week we had against Kentucky, which I thought was – you know, especially after the first initial touchdown drive of the second half was much improved um, to see them keep, you know, Alabama from, from dropping 50 after what we've seen the last, I guess, three years now uh, would be a win. I mean, the defense is deficient 
I mean, it looks kind of deficient schematically, but also looks deficient, you know, from a player talent perspective. Uh, but if they weren't able to improve, I think I think a good improvement week over week would be keeping Alabama under 50. And I, I mean, I really like to see that. I know everybody asked, but no, that was just so, my, my what I like to no, see from the defense. No, that's 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 fair. I mean, the defense isn't going to, you know, barring some miraculous shift or some kind of, you know, new formation, new Trans- blitz package. Transfer becoming eligible. <laughs> yeah. Um, something DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge haven't put on film yet that, you know, Steve Sarkeesian might have trouble dealing with early on. I think that, like I said, Bama's going to name their score. And Ole Miss is just going to have to, you know, be able to counter and score with them. Uh, I, I don't see Ole Miss winning this game, but uh, I do think it's going to be a third straight week where Ole Miss is not only going to be exciting on offense, but the defense is is literally a billboard for any 2020, uh, 2021, 2022 defensive commit or defensive prospect, I should say, to, you know, hey, come here. You can literally play right away or be in the two deep immediately. Yeah, I, that's, you're absolutely right. The defense is nowhere to go but up. Uh, I mean, we need to see big time recruiting this offseason. But I, th- I think, too, I mean, we, we saw a couple of years ago what, you know, coaching can do. So I'm hopeful that the, the coaching can kind of move. Because, like you said, we're not getting new players. I mean, there's no. You know, nobody's, you know, Patrick Willis not walking through that door midseason. Uh, I mean, I get Otis Reese could be a good player, but he, he could also come in and, and not really be an impact guy. He could come in and, and get, min, you know, marginal playing time and just be another body out there. So I think that, you know, to see what we can do week over week with the defense. And, hey, we've got, I mean, just looking through what we've got after the Alabama game, there's a lot of teams without exceptional offenses. I mean, Arkansas – I mean, I haven't seen anything at all. I mean, last week, Felipe Franks was not good uh, against MSU. I mean, he threw for, I think, like 217 uh, against an MSU defense that I don't love. Auburn doesn't have much offense at all. Uh, through two games, we haven't seen anything. Vanderbilt, obviously. I mean, so, so there's a lot of there's a lot of teams out there that we're going to play that don't have a tremendous offense. And so, I mean, I want to continue seeing that, that offense build. Let's just face it. We're not going to outscore Auburn. I don't think 45 to 41 and win that game. I and mean, we're going to have to have some more stops out of the defense. Can Auburn score that? We are. Points? No, I don't think so. That's, I, that's a legitimate a, question. I don't think, I don't, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think we play two of the Kentucky is Kentucky, but I do think we play two of the better team Florida certainly, but two of the better teams on our, on our schedule. And I don't think that we were, Yes, our defense has struggled. We have not been really outclassed by anyone yet. I mean, no. uh, our defense struggled against Florida, and I don't know that Ole Miss – I mean, yes, in a perfect world, Ole Miss beats Florida, right? I mean, as Bill C. said, Ole Miss could have beat them almost 40% of the time, the way that the game played. But um, I think right now we're real and, – and Lane said this in his press conference. This is a – this is paraphrasing him. You know, we, we've been really bailed out by our quarterback and our tight end and some receivers. You know, at some point, Matt Corral can't continue playing perfectly, right? I mean, right? Because 
Yes, he's playing. I mean, I don't know that we've had – we talk about how well he's played this year. I don't know that we've had a quarterback play this well in conference games since Eli Manning. I mean, like, maybe Chad some, but Chad had a great game against Arkansas in 2015 and, and a great game against Alabama. But, I mean, Corral's done it for eight straight quarters. I don't remember a quarterback going through a stretch of eight quarters of pretty much flawless football. Like he's, I mean, he's thrown half or he's thrown what 14 incompletions and seven touchdowns. And it's not like we've played UT Martin in New Mexico. He's doing this against good teams. One on on the road. Yeah. That's what I was going to say was, and you know, we, we talked about this on Sunday's show. This isn't like, okay, Matt Corral's the most efficient. He's got the best QBR through two games, but it's against Southeast Missouri State and ULM. Like, it's two conference opponents, one who I think is a college football playoff team and another in Kentucky who held Auburn in check for most of the game offensively. So, you know, we talked about outscoring Auburn. Well, Auburn didn't move the ball against Kentucky like Ole Miss did. And Ole Miss did it on the road and playing from behind. So, you know, it's kind of like the 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 age old saying. You know, it, well, it's it's easy to be up when things are going well. It's easy to have a good attitude and to be fired up and and playing with a ton of confidence when you're up twenty points or when you're up fourteen points. Ole Miss was was playing from behind in Lexington, and again, second week in a row, didn't waver. Now they didn't beat Florida, but they also had a shot. You know, if the ball isn't tipped for a pick, it's a touchdown to Elijah Moore on a corner route. I mean, he was wide open. So that's the thing I think is when, Nick, you asked about what's a win, I think that's the key here is your offense continues to to click on all cylinders. You know, maybe you don't win, but you need it to go similar to how that Florida game went to where you're within a couple of possessions late in the second half and you just kind of see where the chips fall at that point. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see it, though. I mean, it is a kind of a free shot. I think that after the Alabama game, and this is why I want the game to be played this weekend so badly, because we, we, we go, you know, at Arkansas, Auburn, at Vanderbilt, and then a bye week. So the there's a lot left on the schedule. There's a lot of wins, I think, left on the schedule. I don't want to move the Bama game back. Because I don't want to have to, I don't want to, have to look at another game as a, you know, quote, sure loss. Uh, and I, I, hate, I hate to say that, but yeah, we've got, I mean, especially that that run of South Carolina, AM, MSU, LSU, could be a lot of fun games. So let's play this weekend, please, so that we can have the bye week later and you know have that have that run of games rested. I mean, I, and I, I I apologize for the diatribe about Corral. My only concern is, and I don't want to get into this Alabama game and him struggle a little bit because of who we're playing and that kind of derail his momentum because he's just been so good. And, and that, and, and what I mean by that is, and I wasn't trying to disparage our previous quarterbacks. I just can't remember anybody starting this hot, not, not, not given the, the teams that we've played. I mean, he's been so good, and, and and it's been reflected around the country. He's, people are starting to take notice. He plays well against Alabama guys, and people are going to really start to take notice. 
you know, and, and, um, at some point though, even the very best players in the country, even Cam Newton back when he played had off games. And when that happens, we're going to have to get stops on defense. I mean, we've got, we cannot continually give up 20% of the time explosive plays. Uh, this weekend, free shot. I just my point in that is I don't want us to to get just absolutely boat raced at home. Even if we score thirty five, let's say we get beat seventy to thirty five. Okay, I don't want that to like derail some any kind of momentum we have going forward. Our, you know, we got to look at the big picture here, and the big picture is you know this is a free shot year one with no consequences. Nobody even loses a year eligibility. So everybody on the team, in theory, is playing for their position next year. Because if nobody loses eligibility and you sign 25 guys, well, you do the math. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much the perfect way to explain this weekend. It's play loose, play fast, and just kind of do what you've done the first two weeks and don't really worry about the scoreboard because – as we said for the last, you know, I guess since 2015, Alabama's going to have better players at pretty much every position. And this is just kind of a take your medicine and just stay healthy, get in, get out type game. I think you cover, you stay healthy, and this is about as good as it can get. So um, right now the game is still scheduled for 5 p.m. Central ESPN Alabama, Ole Miss at Bot Hemingway. I believe everything is 50% off inside the stadium. Uh, the student allotment of tickets has sold out, so that's cool. So hopefully, um, you know, fingers crossed, the weather will cooperate and we can uh, get a decent crowd and people can watch the offense put on, a, put on a show against the number two team in the country. So with that, you guys got anything else before we close up here? I no, I'm fresh out. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I mean, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, there's not much else to say. I mean, Alabama's Alabama, and this Ole Miss offense is a ton of fun. And I think they're gonna, at, at times on Saturday, I think they're gonna give Nick Saban and and Pete Golding fits. So I'm excited to see Corral against another really good defense, and um, yeah, see how they can mix in but, Jerry Neely a little bit more, like we've wanted. And I think you're good. Last thing, if we almost plays this game a hundred times, how many do they win? Uh, four, five. I, I don't know. I was gonna say eight to ten. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say eight actually. So, so, so we're all giving Ole Miss between a four and ten percent chance of winning. Yeah, not bad. That's not. I, I'll tell you, in in sixteen and seventeen or seventeen and eighteen, I, I there were zero times out of a hundred that Ole Miss <laughs> team could beat Alabama. Yeah. So. It, I, it, it is twenty twenty. Stranger things have happened. Not I mean, saying I it's going to happen, but. Alabama's going to score in the fifties. If Ole Miss can get into the thirties, I think we'll all feel pretty good, or somewhere in that vicinity really it's all depends on how we look because Ole Miss got beat by 50, what was it 15 to Florida 30 50, 16 but Ole Miss looks a lot closer than 16 points from Florida 
Mm-hmm. And so if Alabama wins by 28, but it looks more like a two-score game, I think everybody will be pleased. Yeah, absolutely. Stay healthy. Just make it fun. I think that's all anybody's asking for. Any Anybody that's being realistic, that's what they're wanting. So 5 yeah. p.m., ESPN, as of recording, as of 10.05 p.m. on Tuesday. If anything changes, we'll obviously report that to you on Twitter, on redcuppavilion.com, Instagram, everywhere you can find us. Until then, uh, we'll have our legally, Legal Gambling Council episode coming to you um, this week as well. It'll be out on Thursday. A uh, little bit of a tough week for us, but... Um, Still in the black, still uh, still picking games at a pretty high percentage. Last week was pretty rough, but uh, we'll bounce back. But uh, until then, uh, for Ben, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening, and uh, stay safe out there. Not just COVID, but uh, the weather. Should get a little hairy this weekend. So everybody stay safe in your travels if you're in Oxford, and uh, we'll talk to you next time uh, when we pick some games. We out.